0: Without a doubt, at no other time in history, has human suffering been more easily and readily available to us. One need only open a newspaper, turn on the television, pick up your phone or your tablet to see the suffering in this world, in our own very community, for sure, and throughout the world. And yet, at the same time, without a doubt, At no other time in history have we made a greater and more concerted effort to avoid pain and suffering than we do today. If you get your news on your tablet, if you don't like what you see, you can flip over to a game, or you can flip over to social media where you have followers and friends. If that's not enough, you can go to the drugstore or any number of fast food restaurants where you're a member and you have points and you're valued. In addition to that, even things that in the past were thought of as pain and suffering, like exercise classes, are now an expression of joy and hope and community. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I could probably stand to follow that myself. But that's the thing, right? Is that we're trying to find, even in the difficult things, as much as we can to avoid suffering and pain. Think of it this way, in the early to mid-2000s, the United States was engaged in two wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, and the most popular television shows were reality TV. So much was our desire to avoid actual reality that we acted as if this thing called reality TV was reality. In the gospel today, we are confronted with the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man knows Lazarus. After he dies, he calls him by name. But in his lifetime, the rich man could not work up the compassion or the concern to go outside of his comfort level to love Lazarus. He knew who he was, and maybe periodically he made efforts or overtures to help him. But he didn't care about Lazarus. He didn't go to the netherworld because of his riches. He went there because he always put the pleasure of his riches ahead of his duty to serve his brother in need, who was right in front of him. In the first reading we heard from the prophet Amos, woe to you complacent in Zion. As Joseph is suffering, as the Assyrians are attacking our country, you in Jerusalem, are just having a good old time, not concerned, can't even be worked up enough by your brothers and sisters' suffering to care. And this is what happens in our life. Last week we were told you cannot serve both God and mammon. This is what happens when mammon, when earthly realities come before God. We just stop caring for other people and the results are utterly and absolutely devastating. And it impacts every aspect of our life. It even impacts us here in this community. Yes, it's great to say welcome and to know someone's name, but have you invested in that person's life? Have you gone outside of your comfort zone to invite them into your home or to ask more probing and difficult questions? But I don't want to get too far into that because I want to focus today on the call that we all have personally to serve the poor. Those who are materially marginalized and desperate. We are called to go outside of our comfort zones to serve them. The complacent answer is to say, well, I give money to this particular charity or cause, or I vote for this particular party. Not that those are bad things in and of themselves, But we are called as Christians to personally love and invest in the poor, in the people in front of us. To know their name, to know their story, to invest in their lives so that they know above all else that they are loved. That someone, something maybe, is calling them is loving them, is nurturing them, even if we don't share a common language. We are called not just to support a cause, but to be the cause, to be the hands, to be the face, to be the mouth of Christ to the poor. A great example of this is St. Damien of Malachi. St. Damien was from Belgium. He was a missionary. He went to Hawaii, and there was, on Molokai, a colony of lepers. No one would go there, because they knew if they went, they would never come back. And yet St. Damien saw that, and he said, wait a second. These people need love. They need someone in their life who cares for them, who loves them, who will hold them as they die, who shows them that they have value and dignity and decency. And so he went, knowing full well that by stepping foot on the island, he would die. He would die an ignominious death because he would be a leper, because he would be an outcast, because he was with those people. But because of him, those people knew that they were beloved sons and daughters of God. They knew, even though the whole world had abandoned them, that God had a place in his heart for them, that here was this man who loved them, And all of a sudden, instead of it being a place of destitution and terrible disease and all that, it became a better place, a better community. In the second reading, we heard from St. Paul, Pursue righteousness, devotion, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Compete well for the faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you were called. We do this... Every single time, we love the poor. We get to know the poor. We invest ourselves and our lives in the poor. When I was a novice years ago, 10 years ago actually, I was at a homeless shelter and there was a Franciscan friar working the desk. This guy walked up. The first thing the friar said to him was, what's your name, brother? The guy said his name and he almost started to cry. That man had gone a month without anyone referring to him by his first name. And in one moment, that friar just asking him, brother, what's your name? The walls came down. That man knew the love of God. It doesn't take us going to the island of Molokai and giving up our entire life. All it takes is for us to stop being complacent, to love the people who come up to us, to serve those, to give them a meal, but more importantly, to give them a piece of our heart, to let them know that they are loved and have infinite worth and value. A few days ago, we celebrated the feast of St. Vincent de Paul, and in his letter that day from the Office of Readings, one of the prayers we say as priests, he said, if you want to seek and want to most clearly see the face of Christ, look for it in the poor.